It's verse 15. Let's jump in at verse 15. Romans 8 and 15. It says, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received. So who received it? You received it. Personalize this. I received it. You received it. I received. You received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself. We're talking about the third member of the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So remember, as a born-again believer, the Spirit of the living God abides in you. He lives in you. As a matter of fact, when you were born again, I'm really, really excited about our Wednesday night uh, classes and services, uh, messages, because we're really going to be breaking down in the coming days, coming Wednesday nights together, uh, what happened when you were born again, what, what salvation really means, what the new birth really means. And, and one of the things that we see is that your spirit um, was buried with Jesus, and when you were born again, Father gave you a new spirit. He didn't refurbish your old spirit. He didn't just resurrect your old spirit. He buried your old spirit and gave you a new spirit. And then the Bible says that your new spirit became one with God's spirit. Amen. So, God's Spirit lives in you. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And notice that He's not just like laying around in there uh, on the couch of your life, amen? But the Holy Spirit is on the inside of you, bearing witness with your spirit that you are, we are children of God. Now, <clears throat> we've been talking about sonship and standing. That, that we are not just God's people, we're not just you know, folks that He's had pity on, but we are His family. We sang about that just a moment ago. We are the children of God. And that's not just a figurative sense. And as we said last Sunday morning, not just children of God in the sense that God created us all, but as born-again men and women, we have been born of God, and we are children of God. And so He comes then, notice to this conclusion in verse 17, and if children... If it's true that we're children, and it is true that we're children, then we're heirs. We are heirs of God. And not only are we heirs of God, it just keeps getting better and better, as I, or as I like to say, gooder and gooder. We're heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with Him, that we may also be glorified together. Now, before... I go any further, and I've got a few points I want to review just to bring some things up on the table, things that I feel like we all need to be consistently reminded of uh, in our current study. But before I even go there, let me remind you that the Bible says the full dimension of God's love passes comprehension. The height, the breadth, the depth, the length, the width, amen. He's talking about all the dimensions of God's love. He says that these things pass knowledge. In other words, they are more than you can comprehend. Father's love for you is bigger, it's wider, it's deeper, it's longer, it's taller, it's higher than you have the capacity to comprehend. Okay, So if you think you know how much He loves you, guess what? You don't. Amen. He loves you even more than that. The Bible also says that this... God who is our Creator and Father, that He is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think. Right? So 
notice how those verses tie together. We're talking about a love that goes beyond comprehension, your ability to comprehend, and that this, this, this Father God that we have, um, He is able to do exceedingly and abundantly, not just barely above what you're able to ask or think, but exceedingly abundantly. In other words, these words in the original language, just one word, you know, in the Greek, exceedingly, for instance, or one word, abundantly, for example, um, would cover uh, this and then some, but the fact that the Holy Spirit combined both of these words exceedingly abundantly, amen, he's saying that it is far beyond our comprehension, far beyond our imagination, what he is able to do. Then let me, one more verse, all right? How about this one? I has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared, God has put in place, God has ready and waiting for you, uh, for those who love Him. And He's not just talking about it. Again, I'm not here to preach on all these different passages. There's a reason why I think the Holy Spirit kind of brought those to my heart this morning is again, I want to make a point by just bringing those onto the table before we go any further into the message, all right? Um, Eyes not seen, ears not heard, nor has in the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those that love Him. That's in 1 Corinthians. Now listen, many people read that and they think it's talking about heaven. That's not the context. The context is not what we're going to see in heaven one day. Certainly we're going to see amazing things while we're there. But he's talking about your life right here, right now, what, what Father God has done for you, what He's prepared for you what He desires for you, what, praise God, um, we, we, we talk about this fellowship and this blessing and His heart for you, what He intended, the glory of man, we've been talking about here, that, that here of late, and again, that's what He had in mind for you before He ever created a single one of us, right? And, and so again, this goes beyond your wildest imaginations. Now, why am I, why am I telling you this? My brother, my sister, look at me for a moment, okay? It really is amazing grace. It really is amazing. I, I think the, the version of the gospel that's, that's preached in so many churches today, they need to change the hymnal to rational grace. Right? Because the minute the goodness of God gets beyond something that we think is, is, is you know, uh, achievable or receivable or whatever, we say, well, it can't be. It can't be. And yet, Father, over... And I just gave you three different... I could have given you a whole long list of ones in the Bible where it talks about, again, the love that God has for you beyond comprehension. How about the peace of God that passes all understanding? And peace there doesn't just mean comfort or calmness. It's, it's talking about wholeness. It's talking about your life being filled with every good thing, the shalom of God. Again, it, it's be, it passes our ability to understand. This is why we have to have the Holy Spirit and we have to have the Word of God and we have to have faith if we're ever going to lay hold of these things for our life reality. Now, why am I, why am I taking this temporary side journey to, 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 to tell you all these things? It's because the things that we're talking about here of late and the things that we're going to look at this morning, amen, the average traditionally religious mind cannot wrap itself around these things. And what happens so many times with people who are stuck in religious traditions, who are stuck in what Mamanim believed, who are stuck in you know, these, these uh, you know, denominational uh, 
uh, types of, of doctrinal beliefs, right? Anytime somebody starts sharing with them that you were created to be as Jesus to God the Father, it, it, they just, oh, there's no way, that man's crazy. We need, to, we need to, you know, go back to the Discovery Channel or something and, and, and watch Food Network or something, right? Instead of this clown on, on, on live stream. No, no, please hear me. This is what the Bible says. This is what it says, right? That, that Father's desire for you, His predetermination for you, was that you be conformed into the image of His Son and that Jesus be the firstborn among many brethren. Amen. This is, this is Father's heart for you. This is Father's desire for you. Now listen, I, I nailed it down sometime. I, I don't have the exact date in front of me. I probably got it somewhere in my notes. Okay, But it's going to be basically 1991. Right? Um, I was... Here's, here's the little bit of the background. Okay, I was, I was teaching uh, a class and... I was talking about the goodness of God. Imagine that. And, um, and a gentleman in that class interrupted me. And it was one of my elders, is an elder. He interrupted me and he corrected me. He told me that I was wrong. Well, um, about the things that I was saying uh, about the goodness of God. And in um, and, and those days, I was working night shift, 911 operator at the city of Hoover. And, and it so troubled me. I worked Sunday night so that I could attend Sunday morning, Sunday evening. Uh, services and I went to uh, you know do my shift there and, and it was a quiet night and I had my Bible and my notebook and I started I started just pouring my heart out to the Lord and he started speaking to me and I started writing things down and I wrote two or three pages of notes and and here's the conclusion that I came to that if I'm going to be guilty of anything I'm going to be guilty of spending the rest of my life trying to make Him out to be better than He really is. Amen. If I get to heaven one day and my father looks at me and says, Son, why did you tell people all that? I'm not that good. Then I'll ask Him to forgive me. But I'm certainly not going to be on the other side of that coin and talk about Him killing babies and sending coronavirus to teach people lessons and, and all that craziness. Okay, It's not my father. I know Him. It's not my Father. The thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He sent Jesus to give His life so that you could have His life in overflowing and eternal abundance. So again, I've devoted my life to seeing if I could use the imagination that He gave me and the, and the Holy Word that He gave me to try to tell somebody that He's better than He really is. But here's the thing, my friend. He's better still. He's better still. And so when we look at these things, right, that, that, that He created you and me to be as Jesus to Him, that, that remember Jesus said it Himself, and Jesus isn't, see, we hear that and we, we start wanting to defend Jesus. Well, nobody's taking Jesus' place. My friend, He took your place. Are you kidding me? He took your place so that you could be seated together with Him Next to the Father in heavenly places. Again, it's what the Bible says. I'm not making this up. Ephesians 2. Read it. Praise God. All right. So, we talk about what Father desires for you and what He desires from you. He wants blessing for you. He wants fellowship from you. That's why He created you in His image and His likeness. He created you to look like He looks and to function the way He functions so that He could have intimate, personal fellowship, communion with you, oneness with you. Amen. 
Now, this is, of course, what we're tapping into here in Romans 8, right? Let me thank you, Holy Spirit. All right, so Romans 3.23 says we all fell short the glory of God. Okay, don't turn there. Stay with me in Romans 8. Romans 3.23, we all fell short the glory of God. What does that mean? We all came up short of what God intended for our lives to be. And that happened because of sin. But aren't you glad Romans 3.23 is followed by Romans 3.24 where there it says that we have been what? Justified freely by His grace. You see, the bottom line of it is this. Your Heavenly Father loves you so much that He wants to treat you like your sin never happened. He wants to treat me like our sin never happened. Not that we sinned and He forgave us, but like we never sinned in the first place. That's a, see, again, notice the amazing grace, all right? It really is. It really is, okay? See, we think, well, I could maybe understand, because we understand forgiving people that have wronged us, right? But, you know, how many people over the years know, well, I may forgive, but I'm not going to forget. No, no, see, it's, this is the thing. It's not, it's not that you've been forgiven, and so Father's working to forget about it, Okay? The person who committed all that sin has been buried in an unmarked grave. Father gave you a new spirit, born of God, born of His Spirit. A spirit that's never sinned. And 1 John says, a spirit that cannot sin because the seed of His life still abides in you. Amen. Again, notice I just went beyond some folks' imagination, some folks' understanding of the full dimension of God's love, but let's stretch a little bit this morning, all right? He wants to treat you like your sin never happened, but He couldn't do that and be a just God. Aren't you glad Jesus helped Him out with that? Amen. Jesus became like us because we were created to be like Him. So Jesus became as one of us, and He was more undeserving of death than all of us combined together were deserving of it. That's how he not only balanced the scales of justice eternally, he tipped them in your favor. Amen. This is the love of God. This is the love of God. Amen. It goes beyond what you can comprehend. So, uh, amen. Just embrace it. Just accept it. As John said, we have known and believed the love that God has for us. Thank you, Jesus. Now, Romans 8 and 15. I want to read this to you from the Passion Translation. These verses I just read to you. Matter of fact, I'm going to read them, I'm going to read them first again from the New King James Version. Then I'm going to read them to you from the Passion Translation. Okay? Just, I'm, going to, I'm not trying to be like silly or corny or whatever, I want you, if you need to, close your eyes. I want you to let, especially when we get to the Passion Translation, I want you to just let it wash over you. Amen. I just want you, the truth of God, just like a wave, just a wave of glorious, beautiful truth just to, just to wash completely over you. Amen. First from the New King James Version, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you receive the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. It's a term of endearment. We'll be like Daddy. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, 
If indeed we suffer with Him, that we may also be glorified together. Same three verses from the Passion Translation. And you did not receive the spirit of religious duty, leading you back into the fear of never being good enough. That was, I don't know, amen. I don't mean to interrupt this moment, but that, that was the fear that I lived with with so many years of my life. That I would never be good enough. And that's religion. You start again. You did not receive the spirit of religious duty leading you back into the fear of never being good enough. But you have received the spirit of full acceptance enfolding you into the family of God and you will never feel orphaned. For as He rises up within us, our spirits join Him in saying the words of tender affection, Beloved Father, For the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as He whispers into our innermost being, You are God's beloved child. And since we are His true children, we qualify to share all His treasures. For indeed, we are heirs of God Himself. And since we are joined to Christ, we also inherit all that He is and all that He has, we will experience being co-glorified with Him, provided that we accept His sufferings as our own. Amen. Provided that we accept His sufferings as our own. See, the, I wanted for a lot of reasons, I wanted to read that to you in the Passion Translation. One is, because many people read it in the King James or New King James Version that we're joint heirs if we suffer with Jesus. In other words, we're not, a, we're not an, heir of, an heir of God or joint heir with Jesus unless we suffer, right? That's not, what it, that's not what he's talking about here. You listen to me, my friend. Think about it. Think about it. If you could suffer enough to be an heir of God, if you could somehow suffer enough to be a, a joint heir, a co-heir with Jesus, then Jesus died for no reason. The world didn't need a Savior. We just needed more suffering. Right? We just need to suffer some more. And then somehow that would perfect us or make us better. That's another lie religion tells us, my friend. That somehow all this heartache and pain is, some, is, is, is somehow going to make us better. Shouldn't we be better by now? Come on, think about it. It's not what he's not talking about you suffering. He says, again, co-glorified with Him, provided that we except His sufferings as our own. He became sin who knew no sin. He became my sin. He became your sin. He took sickness. He took, how about this one? He became poor so that you could become rich. Amen. So we are glorified together because we have accepted His suffering for us. His suffering. Paul said it this way in another place. See again, Folks, are you taking that out of context? No, you have to take it within the entire context of Pauline theology. All right? words, what does that mean? It means what the Holy Spirit revealed to the body of Christ through the Apostle Paul. And what did Paul say? I was crucified with Him. Nevertheless, I live. He's talking about this fellowship, right? 
as he said to the Philippians, the fellowship of his suffering. He's not talking about you suffering in order to be a child of God. He's talking about Jesus suffering and you receiving for yourself what he did for you so that you could be, amen, a child of God. Wow, I get stirred up about that. I get stirred up big time about that. All right, now, let's do this. Praise God. I sure, I'm, you know what? I was, I was talking with somebody, uh, um, my friend uh, at the foundry, Brandon Lackey. And uh, by the way, pray for, our, pray for our brothers and sisters at the foundry. Amen. They're doing well. Contrary to what people say, the foundry has not shut down. Amen. We're just having to do things differently down there. Uh, trying to protect our, our folks, uh, residents, participants that are there. Foundry's doing well. You pray for them. Amen. If the Lord lays it on your heart to, to send an offering to them, please do so. Uh, main source of income, three, thri three thrift stores. They've all been shut down by the state of Alabama. Amen. And yet, the Father's providing, continues to provide. And the Foundry's thriving. Heritage is thriving. And we're going to be stronger when this is over than we were before it started. Amen. Praise God. And so, I was talking to Brandon, and he was asking me about, you know, how I'm adjusting to what I'm doing right now, preaching, uh, you know, to a camera. And I told him, I shared a story with him uh, that I heard years ago from Brother Copeland. He was, I forget now exactly what developing country he was in, but he had a pretty large crowd of folks there, and, and um, their culture was, you know, not real expressive. And, um, and he was preaching, it was nighttime, and the lights went out, the power went out. And uh, this was early in his ministry. And, uh, and all of a sudden, he couldn't see anybody. And so he just kept preaching. And he learned from that how much he fed off of people's response. And how much he, um, you know, needed what other people, you know, the feedback uh, uh, to know whether or not they were getting anything out of it. And uh, he talked to the Lord after that was over, and he said that, uh, you know, we not only live by faith, but we preach by faith. Amen. And so this is going to, by the time it's all said and done, amen, it's, I think, going to help me be a better communicator and a better preacher. Why? Because I'm having to do it by faith. Amen. As a matter of fact, when I didn't even know Wednesday night if anything was being recorded, but I was not going to be deterred. I just went ahead and preached. You know, I was just preaching to you know, the folks in the building that did the music or what. But anyway, praise God. So we're, 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 we're doing this by faith. Amen? And we're receiving this by faith. And so by faith, I believe you're getting a whole lot out of this this morning. Amen. All right, now, let's go to a few more verses. Um, Hebrews chapter 2 and verses 10 and 11. Hebrews 2, 10 and 11. Amen. Hebrews 2, 10 and 11. Amen. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 10 and 11. We mentioned these verses last week. It says this, it says, For it was fitting for him, and this is speaking of Jesus, it was fitting for him, for whom are all things and by whom are all things. We know that John 1 tells us nothing was created without Jesus. He's the eternal Son of God. We celebrate his birth as a man at Christmas, but... Before he ever came to this earth as a human being, he's the eternal Son of God, as much God as God the Father, as much God as God the Spirit. For it was fitting for him for whom are all things and by whom are all things. In bringing many sons to glory. 
He didn't just bring us to salvation. He didn't just bring us into the fold. He didn't just bring us to, to the church house. He didn't just bring us to, you know, morality or, or right living. He brought us to glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering. The leader of our salvation, the, the, the figurehead of our salvation, uh, the one in whom our salvation resides this morning. It's Jesus, right? And His salvation for us uh, was made perfect through His suffering. He suffered for you. Notice how this ties in and just further confirms what we see in the Passion Translation from Romans 8. This next verse. For both He who sanctifies, that means to be set apart, and those who are being sanctified are all of one, for which reason He is not ashamed to call them brethren. So, obviously, the one who is setting us apart is none other than God Himself, or in this case, obviously, without teaching on sanctification this morning, it means to be set apart from this world and to be set apart unto God. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit all are instrumental in our sanctification. Um, and not only our sanctification, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit involved in that, and they're working to see you sanctified, spirit, soul, and body. So the three yet one God is working to sanctify the three yet one man. Now, notice though he says, the one who sanctifies, that's God, and those who are being sanctified, that's you, that's me, okay, are all of one. Are all of one. Okay? Now, trying to think of just a simple way to explain this, um, <clears throat> I think we've all been in situations in life where you've got us and them. You know what I mean by that? That could be kids on the playground. Um, that, that can be situations in, in employment, work, um, different athletic teams or whatever, you know. Um, sometimes the upper management in, in a lot of, uh, you know, larger businesses uh, consider themselves to be above uh, the guy that's, um, you know, actually hammering the widgets together on the factory floor, okay. So this us and them mindset. That is, not, that is not what he's saying here. He's saying just the opposite. That God is actually sanctifying you and you are actually being sanctified. But even while that takes place, there is oneness. There is oneness. Remember what I tell you all the time. I used to say incorrectly that me and God are just like this. That's not correct, okay? Me and God are not just like this. Me and God are just like this. Okay, one, one, all right? And that's what he's saying. Both he who sanctifies and those who are being sanctified are all of one, for which reason he is not ashamed to call them brethren. Now the very fact that you and I are being sanctified means we've still got some rough edges. <laughs> means we still, we, some of us still got some really rough edges. Amen? Um, we, we may still have struggles with our flesh and, and sin and habitual sin. Um, but notice, Father recognizes all of that. Doesn't, doesn't scare him at all. Uh, matter of fact, how about this? He who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. All right? Now, <clears throat> notice again that Jesus 
came to bring many sons to glory. What did Romans 3 say? Romans 3 says that we fell short of the glory of God. The glory of God is what God intended for you to be, what God intended for you to have, what God intended for you to be and mean to Him. Okay? Jesus has come as our captain. He sought us out. He came to seek and to save. He sought us out. He saved us. Right? And now, as our captain, He has led us. He is the means by which we have now been restored to that glory that Father God longed for before He ever created you and me. Alright? Now, let's go to another passage. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9. 1 Corinthians 1 and 9. Let's look at this verse and then we'll make some final uh, points. Praise God. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9. God is faithful. I can just hear amens all over the county. Amen. God is faithful, is He not? Yes, He is. God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Alright? One more time. God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, I have two children. And I have wonderful fellowship with my two children. And now my third son, amen, is uh, my son-in-law. But we're not under the law anymore. He's my son in grace, amen, Jay Cleansing. And I enjoy wonderful fellowship with John Mark and Jake and Bethany, amen. Now, in addition to the fellowship that I enjoy with my children, I also enjoy fellowship with with my children's friends. Amen. And they've got some marvelous friends. Amen. Uh, beautiful, beautiful folks that um, have become like family to us, but they're not family. Amen. So, for example, um, I don't think he'd mind me saying this. Pray for, pray for John Mark's uh, best bud, um, Brady. Him and Mary Beth are getting married on May the 2nd. They've asked me to do the ceremony. Um, but their big, beautiful, large wedding, right, they've had to pair it back to um, a handful of folks in the bride-to-be's backyard. Amen. But I love Brady. He, he actually calls me Daddy Mark, and he calls Pam Mama Pam. Amen. But I didn't pay for Brady's college. Amen. <laughs> you understand what I mean by that, right? In other words, I have close fellowship with, with them but not the same exact fellowship that I have with my son, John Mark. Okay, now what, what's the point I'm trying to make here? Let's go back to the verse. God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. He's saying that you have the same fellowship with God the Father as Jesus. It's not like Jesus has one level of fellowship and access to the Father, and you have something like, you know, Jesus' college roommate or something, you know, close buddies, but not the same. No, no. This, that, I felt some of you back away right there by the Holy Spirit, okay? Remember, it's really, it really is amazing grace, okay? So you've been called into the same fellowship with God the Father as Jesus Himself. Right? Now, 
What have we looked at here today? If I could just make it as simple and as plain as I know how to make it, based upon the Word of God, based upon the Word of God, you have the same fellowship with the Father as Jesus, and you have the same inheritance from the Father as Jesus. All right? Remember, what did Father, what is Father's will for you? What does He want for you? What does He want from you? He wants fellowship from you. He wants blessing for you. He wants to be able to bless you. He takes great pleasure in giving you good things. He wants to be able to do that. Our sin disqualified us from fellowship with Him and to be blessed by Him. But Jesus came to justify us, just as if I'd never sinned. So what? How, how can I break that down even further? So that Father could do what Father desires to do. Treat you, treat me, like our sin never happened. Okay? Right? Because He predetermined that you would be as Jesus to Him. So that Jesus would not be the only begotten Son of God, but the firstborn among many brethren. So the captain of our salvation has led many sons to glory. Amen? And we have become one with God. We now, according to the Word of God, have the same fellowship with God the Father as Jesus. And we have the same inheritance. An heir of God and a joint heir, a co-heir with Jesus. Okay, what joint heir means entitled to the same thing as Jesus, Amen. from the Father. Are you, are, you, are you seeing now how beautiful and how wonderful our salvation and the justification that we've received actually is? How we went from disqualified, separated, doomed for all eternity, and now we've been resurrected, we've been given a new spirit, we've been given God's spirit, We've been made one with God. He is committed to continue to work with you, to work through you, to work in you, to continue to set you apart from this world and all the nastiness in it, all the curse that's in it, but set you apart from that, but not just apart from the world, but separate you most importantly unto Him, unto what He has for you, unto fellowship with Him, unto blessing from Him. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Well, Next Sunday is Easter, and um, I love Easter. Man, what a time. It's going to be a different Easter, obviously, but it's going, to be, it's going to be an Easter. Let's just go ahead and get our faith up. It's going to be an Easter like none other we've ever had together at Heritage. Amen. Amen. You say, well, no duh, Pastor. We're doing it online. Well, I don't mean it that way. Praise God. I mean, it's going to be a powerful time together. And just as you would invite friends and family to come to this building on Easter, I want you to invite them to join with us. Amen. And let's celebrate our, our Savior's resurrection and let's celebrate our resurrection together next Sunday. Amen. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you so much for the things that you're revealing to us. Father, thank you for this, these beautiful singers and musicians, Lord, and the praise and worship that they brought to us today. I pray, Father, that others would, would join in and and just worship, maybe replay this and sing those songs and worship, Father. The Bible says to us, Father, your word says to us to put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness and maybe just, you know, being confined to our homes and not having our normal routines. Maybe some folks are feeling a little heavy about that. Well, we need to put on some praise. 
amen, worship you and, and, uh, and, and slap that heaviness away from us in Jesus' name. And so, Father, I continue to just believe and stand on your word, Psalm 91. Father, we don't believe we're protected from this virus because we're good people. Lord, we believe we're protected from this virus because we're blessed, and we're blessed because Jesus became a curse for us so that the blessing of Abraham could come upon us. Father, I, I just um, say to all of my family of faith and those that are joining us, Lord, maybe that are parts of other family of faith, we're all one body in Christ. Father, I just say to, to, to each one of them, be blessed, prosper, stay in faith, use this unique season um, to, uh, to, to grab hold of some things uh, in the Word of God and in your own personal relationship and walk with the Lord um, that maybe you wouldn't have time for normally. And Father, we'll just, um, again, we're going to thrive through this season and be stronger at the end of it than we were before it started. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, before you uh, shut it off, John Mark, Somebody happens to be with me uh, today, and I know some of you have asked and asked and asked about her, so um, amen. Praise God. Beautiful Pam Pam, amen. She's feeling better, healed, healed and blessed, and we're thankful for that. And um, I just want all of you to please know how much we miss y'all. Man, I just, you know, I love coming to this building and fellowshipping with you and and, um, but if anything, uh, I realize just how much um, that means to me and, and to Pam and how much we miss y'all. Thank you for all the texts and phone calls. And, and um, just be, be in prayer for the Tibbs family as well this week. And again, we love you. Good things coming. Shake somebody's hand, hug somebody's neck, love somebody in Jesus. And we'll see you Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. Amen.